Organizary Conversation. I'm your host, Salim Asai. I got my coach. What up? Massachusetts legend. <laughs> Springfield legend. Thank you. Man, how did I pull something like this? Oh, I, I got to do my... Hold on, I got to do my due diligence. Yeah. How did I pull something like this off here? You legendary, man. I appreciate that. Thank you. Man, Thank you started off at the AIC. You know how they say the Ohio State? I did. The AIC. No, this is not all of that. <laughs> we we, we close. <laughs> we at the doorstep. <laughs> Haven't walked in yet. We're You're on the, the porch. Ain't open the door the yet. The porch? Yeah. How did you... Yeah. You grew up... You didn't grow up exactly in Springfield, though, did you? Uh, no, I did. Uh, I grew up outside of Springfield, yeah. um, 16-acre area, literally up the road right by West New England College. Yeah. University, excuse me. How was that experience uh, for you? Um, it was really cool, man. You know, my father, you know, was a police officer growing up. I mean, growing up, I, my dad was a police officer, so just really put us in a good position. Um, you know, we was the only family of color on the, on the block for a little bit, so it was really open to diversity early. Um, coming from a Hispanic family and an African American family, yeah. um, you know, just just really being around a lot of different, you know, families, Caucasian, Mexican, uh, Chinese, whatever. Yeah. Once we got older, everybody started coming in there, you know, African and different things. So it was, you know, like I said, for us, it was a really good experience to be exposed to that early on. Yeah. Um, ended up playing on a predominantly white football team, which. Um, you know, we could get into that later, but yeah. it just opened my eyes up to the diversity and stuff like that. So, so you was exposed to diversity early. Very early. So when Very you came early. to AIC, this is nothing. Yeah, this is walking the park. International. Oh, man. <laughs> See, now they got a lot of international students now. They got people from all over um, to England. All of this, yeah. Was it still like that when you was here? Uh, Yeah. As a matter of fact, on my floor, I lived on the fourth floor. And, the uh, ponds? Yeah, yeah, four twelve. Yeah, four twelve. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna leave that later. Um, <laughs> across the hall, uh, one of my good friends is uh, his name was Joe's. He's uh, from Haiti. Yeah. And the dude came literally um, with a, a a a Louis Vuitton, well Louis Vuitton uh, <laughs> uh, uh, suitcase, yeah. and came with a few clothes, and just came here for opportunity to play soccer and. To get education, so yeah. it was, it was kind of crazy to see that dynamic of things. But we grew, to, we grew all of us very close. And his roommate was a kid from Brockton, and down the hall was a kid from Barcelona. So it was just, it was crazy. Yeah, it was crazy. Did you end up playing for uh, Springfield Central? I did four years. Yeah. Springfield Central High School, 09-13, uh, Super Bowl champs, a senior year. Super Bowl, y'all call it Super Bowl up there? before we transitioned to state championships. Yeah, we were the very last uh, Super Bowl champs that year. Really? Was Springfield Central that good? Because I hear about it now. Y'all been in school like IMG. Y'all was in the schools Power Five every year. So the, the the biggest thing when you get when you grow up in Springfield is um uh you know do you want to what high school you want to go to? Yeah. So um, my parents going to which was then classical then turned Central. Yeah. Uh, my parents went there. Uh, my sisters went there. Um, my dad had a phenomenal track career there. Went on to go uh, a full scholarship to Howard for mm -hmm. track and field. Sisters <clears throat> had, you know, dabbled in arts and sports and different things. So me coming up, people kind of knew who I was because of youth football. Yeah. Um, going into Central, it was huge. Uh, over 2,000 kids there, so you got to make a name for yourself early. Um, ended up starting my first game um, as a freshman and mm. then got bumped up to the varsity level after that. Yeah. And kind of took it from there. Um, was, you know, all Western Mass, first team, offense, defensive line at that time. As a freshman? Uh, excuse me, no, uh, sophomore, junior, and senior. 
worked really hard. You know, mm. I, I you know had a goal in mind. Um, you know, was recruited by Boston College. You know, all the all the main schools up here in the Northeast. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, academics was my downside, yeah. so I had to you know. Uh, miss out on some great opportunities that I thought were great opportunities yeah. to go at the higher level, but you know I was blessed enough to you know get a uh, you know opportunity here at AIC. So you mentioned your father went to Howard. Obviously now, especially since COVID, the George Floyd thing, having yeah. people big HBCUs ain't never been before. But yeah. now, people big in HBCUs. With your father being from Howard at HBCU, was it ever in your mind should, I should go to HBCU, or was it? No, nah, my dad never really pushed that on me. You know, uh-huh. he never really opened up about his college experiences other than you know track and field and hard yeah. work and stuff. Um, you know, and again, like I said, everybody knew I was kind of like the black sheep of the family. You know, yeah. I, you know I listened to Outkast and <laughs> Green Day. <laughs> so I had the best of both worlds, you know. Yeah. So everybody kind of knew that an HBCU probably wouldn't fit me best. Yeah. Um, uh, but I, like I said, I do I do enjoy some of the history and some of the culture that is down there. I have tons of family and friends who have attended and still do yeah. some HBCUs. Um, I like to think of AIC as... Um, somewhat of an HBCU in the sense of just how much we appropriate and we acknowledge our Greek life here. Yeah. Um, I know that was big when I was here. I'm excited. This is homecoming weekend, so I'm excited to see that uh, aspect on campus. But, yeah, I mean, I think it would have been something that would have been a little bit different, but, you know, here we are. So, so you, Like you said, you had, you had the Boston College. I'm sure you had the UConns. You had, you had all of them. Right. When they say, ah, uh, Look at the transcripts. Ah, hey, yeah. we ain't gonna be able to do much for you. Yeah. Do you already have the AIC in your mind, or how did that come about? So the story is, <laughs> so I walked into my at then head coach, Coach Brower. Shout mm-hmm. out to him. He's a D line coach at UMass and Minutemen. Yeah. Um, I walked into his office and he had a serious conversation with me. Told me that right now, um, you know, you got two options. You got prep school, or you have to go reclass. Yeah. And um, I didn't know any of those terms. I didn't know where it was gonna go. So long story short. Um, I ended up, you know, taking a tour around different prep schools and different postgraduate schools in the Northeast. Um, you know, just really couldn't find somewhere that would be home for me. Ended up, you know, staying my senior year, battling through some adversity injuries and, you know, trying to get that 3.0 to at least be considered um, yeah. um, as a, you know, Division One caliber football player. Um, we're getting out of the season. We won the Super Bowl. All that great stuff comes out. Boston College comes and says, if you go to this certain prep school, we will sign you today, give you a full scholarship. And mm. the process wasn't as as illustrious as, you know, all these other kids are, you know, being able to experience today. So I unfortunately de- declined. Um, mm. And then I went on a tour here, literally one of those senior tours that you go on. And um, obviously I knew that they had interest in me, you know, mm. but I believe that staff at that time knew I was a bigger, higher caliber player. Mm. Um, ended up stopping by the football house. The head coach at that time, Coach Art Wilkins, you know, stopped talking to me about some things. And, you know, a few months later I was at AIC Yellow Jacket. So, What makes you decide, uh, I go to this postgrad, I could come to Boston College, yeah. but I don't want to do that. What makes you say no to that? I think just how my lifestyle was at the time, you know, I was – you know, I'm a family person, so, yeah. I, you know, at that time, my, my siblings and I were getting closer. You know, they were, had already been out of high school, now in college, and now I'm in high school, entering college. So yeah. we're much older, so we're, you know, spending more time together and hanging out and still growing that sister-brother bond. Um, 
And I think just seeing the construct of post-grad or prep school was something I was not ready for. It was all boys. Yeah. You know, I was dating at that time, too. So I was just like, well, you know, I can't see my girl <laughs> or any girl at that time. So that was one part of it. And I think the other aspect was just the structure was a little scary because it was new. Yeah. And I was uncomfortable with being comfortable in a new area. Yeah. And so as a young man, you know, um, not really you know, taking advantage of these opportunities. It, you know, I will say at that time bit me in the behind, but I look back now and I see the, 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 the impact it has on, you know, athletes, especially athletes of color and seeing what the opportunities bring with that structure, with that foundation and with just that, that, you know, area of expertise that those schools bring. I, I would, you know, if I could go back, I definitely would. Yeah. yeah. I went to a postgrad scandals. Yeah. Right out of there. I, I, yeah. I've right heard. Right out of there. I've heard, yeah. A terrible situation. Yeah. It don't even matter. So you, you come to ARC, now you're here. You, you've you been all, you, I'm sure you went on a visit to UConn's, you've seen yeah. all of, these facilities. Wow, I got a swim. You've you yeah. seen it. Then you get to ARC. Yeah. Then you walk in the Hans. Yeah. You walk in the room 412. <laughs> yeah. And you see how you live. You walk into the locker room, which we got a bunch better locker room now. But you walk into the locker room back then. I've been, I yeah. had just a, yeah. What's your thoughts? Freshman year AIC was nuts um, <laughs> in so many different ways. Yeah. But I think uh, we made this place what it is. Yeah. Um, you know, I know everybody. We got the the thirty for thirties for the U and you know the Swamp Gators, whatever them kids yeah. talking about now. <laughs> this place was. A place that you had to make your own. Yeah. You know, the locker room, like you speak about, was worse than my high school locker room. <laughs> the equipment staff, the the equipment. You know, it yeah. was it was a lot, and I had you know it was it's funny because every time I stand on our thirty yeah. at practice, it's the same place I stood at as a freshman. We and we had the same stretch lines as we do now. Mm -hmm. And I told my friend who came in with me uh, from high school, I said, "Man, we are this is college football." <laughs> and at that time, I was kicking myself in the behind, and I actually <laughs> I got out of practice the first day. I had called that coach at that prep school. I said, Coach, <laughs> tell me I got a spot left for me, please. <laughs> and, you know, it, it, it unfortunately was is, it was by, it had passed me. But, yeah. you know, it <clears throat> it was a beautiful place back then. You yeah. know, it still is now. I'm, I'm blessed to be back. But, you know, we, we made it what it is, man. Hines is a is a is a is a it's an interesting place <laughs> to say the least. Um, it's different. It's way different now. You yeah. know, we had you know from the first to the sixth floor was all guys, and then the seventh and eighth was all you know. It was, it was the female only floor. And now when I see that as co-ed, I'm just like, man, thank God I am. Uh, <laughs> thank God I am not here when this Yo, is happening. Yeah, two but, floors for girls. Yeah, man, it was bad. Man, it was hot up there. It was People was cooking and, and, and doing stuff they shouldn't have been doing, but it is what it is, man. <laughs> That's what it is. So you get here, you, did you start as a freshman? So I did not start. I redshirted my first year. Uh, I started out on the defensive line. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> came in, and I will say that that class that came in with me was stacked. Yeah. Um, at least two to three three-star D linemen came in with me um, from Jersey, from Mass, from Pennsylvania, uh, from Connecticut. Uh, one of my best friends was a three-star tight end out of Union City, New Jersey. Oh, come on, man. Uh, I hate Union City. <laughs> they stopped me from getting a championship. Come on, man. Yeah. yeah. We all came in. My other good friend um, came from Long Island, yeah. you know, quarterback. So we all kind of came in. And um, a lot of kids from Springfield, I think, at that time um, were noticed. Yeah. And so we all kind of came in and surface here with the same similar story, grades and opportunities and whatnot. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> ended up getting hurt. Um 
towards the end of my freshman year, so got a medical red shirt, came in that following spring, took care of business in the classrooms, weight room, different things, ended up starting at left guard, um, and, you know, ended up making the first team all-rookie team that year. Were you... When you came in, you mentioned in high school you were playing O-line, D-line. Did you have, like, I, I want to play D-line in college, or was it just, like, whatever they put me? So when the recruiting process um, started in my junior year, a lot of schools, um, specifically Boston College, they were, you know, at that time running a 3-4 defense with a true nose guard, and that's yeah. what I was um, known for in this area. Um, you know, I was highly, you know, touted out even compared to at that time, Vince Wolfork, just because of the same positions we played. Yeah. Um, so when I come in, in here, I was expecting to play defense. And seeing the defense was different from what I'm used to. It was a little bit hard to adjust, and I was a little bit oversized yeah. um, to play that specific type of defense. So <clears throat> moving to guard was a little bit more easier. Again, I've played offensive line um, coming in or coming out of high school. So it was a little bit of an easier adjustment. Um, I think the physicality part of it, though, um, Took some time because, again, these are now grown men I'm going against and mm. know how to defeat a freshman and, mm. um, you know, an immature freshman at that point in time. So um, I think my third game that I started to get the hang of it, I actually started to actually put in daily deposits, as they say now, and to get better at the craft and yeah. learning different techniques. And, you know, the guys I, that were, I was surrounded with, like a George Gross and a Dan Naja and, you know, a Zach Jones, even a Viandi Marisma, these are older guys I came in with who I would watch, how they would prepare, how they would lift, and then how they would just be as all-around guys. Just kind of helped me out that sophomore year, so. Listen, you, you were D1 guy. You was a Division one guy. Yeah. Out you come to D2. You freshman, you might think it's a little sweet. Yeah. You get out there the first day of practice field, y'all got one on ones. <laughs> What's your first story? Like, oh, <laughs> it's real. It's college well, football. I'll give you two stories. My well, my my first story will be my welcome to college uh football story. So yeah. Viandi Marisma was our senior left tackle, offensive lineman of the year. Mm -hmm. Um, got drafted by the uh, Tennessee Titans. Mm -hmm. You know, ended up having a great career. He, he got drafted from here? He got drafted from here. Sheesh. Yeah, went, went on to play a little bit of arena football, won a championship with the uh, San Jose Sabercats in the AFL at that time. Really great individual. Um, it was a outside running play. Could have been a stretch. Yeah. Could have been a you know jet sweep. I don't know. But yeah. I'm playing three technique, and they had me slant out to him. Yeah. And this dude is about, he got to be about 6'5", six, 6'4", five, six, six, and I'm only 6'1", 3-something. <laughs> he takes me here, turns me, and then literally dumps me. <laughs> and I'm on my back like, nah, this is crazy. Like, I really might not be cut out for this D2 life, you yeah. know? And so he he pulls me up and, you know, he, he, he kind of picks me up while he's still running down the field. I'm like, no, you're not. What are you doing? It's embarrassing. And, and just that aspect right there, it told me again, like, hey, this is, you know, you're not the big dog anymore. Yeah. Because a year ago, I was the one doing that to the freshman or yeah. the scout team in high school. And so it just it just woke me up like, all right, dude, you got to get it together. Yeah. And then as far as one-on-ones goes, you know, the only guy I will say, even to this day, yeah. that would, you know, probably get on my nerves the most during one-on-ones was Danny Omareggi, you know, uh, All-American Defensive Lineman of the Year when he was here. Great, great, great athlete. Um, he's from uh, Eastern Mass. Um, we would go one-on-ones, and I mean, like, we'd have battles that were like game reps. Yeah. And I mean, he would he was the first person I would say that had no, no, like, there was no, there was all gas, no breaks. Yeah. And it taught me that I got to be ready because if he's doing this in practice, 
they're going to do this in the game. And so that mentally prepared me. And so, you know, we would battle. Sometimes we'd have to go two, three times because he'd win one and I'd win one. And he'd like, it would be that type of, it would be that competitive. And so, you know, he and I were, would butt heads a lot in practice. And, you know, my my personality didn't mix well with his. <laughs> so, you know, there'll be a lot of trash talking. Yeah. But, again, I think it just made us really, uh, you know, I think it benefited us that year. Yeah. Made us better football players. And, you know, tons of respect for that guy off the field. He's doing great things. And, you know, so, yeah, those battles were uh, fun, I would say. Picking you up while getting back down the field is absurd. It, it, it was it was, um, it was was something I couldn't live <laughs> down. I mean, we talked about that in the freshman locker room for probably about three weeks after that. <laughs> Especially offensive linemen. We would go into the – or the, the both lines, we would go into film or whatever, and it would, it would just be a consistent reminder and stuff. So, now, you, yeah. You talk about all the – great athletes y'all was with and the three stars and all the people that came and three stars not coming to D2 no more like yeah. if they the grades not right they just done they, they don't feel like they what's the what was the culture because you know coach Conti's here now he changed and he's doing great what was the culture back then for the winning program of AIC to like continue to win continue to keep the great athletes what was the culture like we came when I came in the culture was just to win and there was guys who were sold out and bought in who wanted to win. Yeah. Um, I believe this this version of AIC football will be there again. Yeah. Um, it's not going to happen overnight. Mm-hmm. Um, but I believe that that culture that I was a part of, um, again, it took years to cultivate. It was the correct recruiting. It was the right people in place to help build that culture. Um, and there were also players on this team that just wanted to win. Yeah. There was no selfishness. There was no me, me, me. Um, obviously, you know, every team, every organization, every whatever is going to have its ups and downs. Yeah. Um, but I will say that that group of, you know, upper guy, upperclassmen, those older guys really just, they just wanted to win. Yeah. You know, we had, and I will say there was tons of stories like mine that year. And, and I, th- I believe that's just what it was for years later. Tons of, you know, D1 athletes just written off because of grades or, you know, character or just things off the field. And yeah. so they ended up at one school that, you know, everybody intimid- was intimidated by because we were bigger, faster, stronger. We knew we were going to win. We had swagger. Yeah. We had confidence. And we just had each other's back. And so, like I said, I think that this AIC team yeah. that is being built mm-hmm. – um, I believe has what it takes to get back to that because yeah, for sure. you know, like I said, we got two wins this year, and, yeah. and I'm seeing how the kids are reacting to that. Yeah. It could be challenging because it's new, yeah. but I believe once there's a full buy-in, not a half buy-in, but yeah. a full buy-in, I think we'll be back to that culture. Now, when do you think it started? Because I, I see, I think what 2013, you the champion. Then I see New Haven now, and then Stones Hills before they moved to D one, and the Sumptuous. Yeah. When did that kind of like change? What do you think made it really change? That well, maybe those guys are getting the better athletes and versus us. Like, what? Is- I just you know it, it's 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 got to start outside of football. It's got to start with some you know administrative decisions. Yeah. And, you know, I just got here, so I I don't want to step on any toes. But being <laughs> a former student athlete here and and knowing you know and living here in the city, there's got to be more of an attraction to be built here. Yeah. You know, I know that. Um, like I said earlier, you know, we made this place what it was. Yeah. But, you know, you look at some of these other places that kids are visiting and they're seeing the facilities and the jerseys and the this and the that. Everybody's got, you know, different funds or whatever. And, and yeah. again, I don't know most of the stuff I'm saying, but yeah. I, I just think for it to get back there, there's got to be more of a pizzazz factor. Yeah. You know, um, you, like Dion says, you look good, you play good. Yeah. 
that that's where it starts, you yeah. know. So I, you know, I'm hoping that things turn around. I'm yeah. hoping that you know administration and the school believes in us, and I'm hoping more people believe in this 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 program. Yeah. It's a it's a historic program, not just for the campus, but for the city. Tons of you know important people, important people with you know purpose in this area, are from this you know, community AIC, whether it be the football team or just a regular student. So, you know, once we can get some, once we can get a more concrete backing, you know, I, I think that we'll be able to, you know, get back to where we belong. You talk about, you know, getting back to football, you started your sophomore year or a rookie. Yeah. What happens after that? So this is kind of where my story, um, you know, uh, takes a turn yeah. um, at first. So I... Um, you know, I end up starting over a six-year senior that year. Mm. Um, by week eight, um, you know, we're starting to feel ourselves in a good way. We're rolling. We, you know, I think we go on a three-game win streak, and we're starting to, you know, climb the rankings back to where we belong. I think we're at this point, the top three in the NE10. We get back from playing uh, Assumption. No, excuse me. We get back from playing at St. Anne's, mm. St. Anselm. Um, that Monday morning, I'm in the training room, and I get a, a text from my offensive line coach. Hey, come to the office. I come there. The head coach at the time tells me, hey, you need you to run over to financial aid. I run over to financial aid. They break the news that I then owe an outstanding bill of $15,000. Mm. And I'm like, well, this is not what I expected because the conversation prior was, you know, pretty much that I was going to be on a full scholarship at that point. Mm. So, you know, long story short, um, that was a Monday. Thursday came. I was kicked out of college. I was let go to team. Um, I was no longer able to play, finish classes, kicked out of my dorm room and stuff. So it was it was a bit shocking because you know um, I had worked really hard in the classroom, worked really hard in the field. You know, you know, enjoying college, but yeah. you know, just overall, just maturing as a young man. Yeah. And so just a little disappointed at that time, disappointed in how things went. Um, I got the news that I had made the rookie team. The first team rookie team, and I had a few colleges in our conference that were actually telling me to transfer to come to us. Like we know what you can do, and yeah. come here. Unfortunately, I couldn't do that um, for whatever reasons. But um, ended up having to leave school. Tried to attend a community college. Tried to attend, you know, a postgraduate. Yeah. Um, just couldn't um, do it just because of the situation here. So yeah. ended up. You know, working early, yeah. playing semi-pro football at that time, wasn't sure what I was going to do, wasn't sure if I was ever going to play football again. And um, thankfully, I got a opportunity to try out in a small town in the Lehigh Valley area, Allentown, Pennsylvania, uh, for an arena football team at that time. It was the Lehigh Valley Steelhawks. Me and my father and my best friend at the time, we drove down, got signed that evening, mm. and my life kind of changed for the better after that night, so... How far was that, like, from you getting kicked out to you getting to that? I would say, um, so, November 1st. Mm -hmm. From November 1st all the way up until about February 6th, Mm -hmm. um, I was on the, you know, excuse me, I'm lying. From November 1st, 2015 Mm -hmm. to about February 6th, 2016, Mm -hmm. I had no clue what life was going to be. And and during that time period, I was working at the correctional facility, at a correctional facility. I was playing semi-pro football. I was trying to pay off this debt, you know, trying to figure out, do I want to go back to school? Do I not go back to school? Um, But like I said, that call kind of changed everything for me after that point. How did that, like, do they really come to your... 
Yo, uh, yeah, you got to get all your stuff out So <laughs> the campus police came and knocked on my door. My roommate at the time, the you know the gentleman I was referring yeah. to, the three-star from Union City, he... Uh, he opened the door and they thought he was me. They didn't know who they just they, they just yeah. knew they had an eviction notice. So they knocked on the door and they said you got till noon to clear your side of the dorm out. Um and that was it. That's we crazy. Went back home down the street and you know, my family and I were very disappointed and you know, some people alumni who, who <clears throat> alumni who were very influential in my life growing up and who even played here or had some influence here were very disappointed. Just very just just shocked at the whole situation. And so, yeah. you know, it was like I said, it was unfortunate, but you know, everything happens for a reason. So For sure. So when you done here now you was the goal like I right, I'm gonna work semi pro to try to pay some of this off, or was you just trying to continue to play football? I mean, my, my goal, you know, in high school, you know, as it is every athlete is to go professional. Yeah. You know, and so that was um that was the goal, no matter if I was at AIC or B C or yeah. Wherever it was at, it was that that was the goal. Yeah. And so when I got the call to play professional football, you know, it wasn't the Patriots. Yeah. Um, it was arena football, which I had no clue at that time was. I didn't know what the pay was. Like. I didn't know anything. Yeah. Um, so the goal was to continue to play, and that was that was the motivation behind playing semi-pro. You don't make money playing semi-pro. Yeah. Um, you know, it was kind of, to me, it was kind of comical because we're doing Oklahomas and <laughs> different types of drills where I'm coming from a college structure of real drills and different things. So, yeah. you know, I ended up playing that, and, you know, I knew if I kept playing this that my talent would and this is no knock to any semi pro player or anything, but yeah. I just believed them I bet I, I put all the chips on myself, bet yeah. on myself and I said if I stay here at this level, you know, I don't know if I'll ever reach the level I want to get to. So I ended up playing and, you know, had a you know, healthy, good career. I mean, good year that year and um ended up making a highlight tape and found an agency, yeah. um <laughs> sent it to them and the rest is history. So. When you go down to Allentown to try out, you like, ah, do I want to switch to D line again, or do I want to stay at O line? That's the funny thing, man. So I ended up actually, well, before I actually got um, signed by Allentown, I actually tried out for a team in Connecticut. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were going to be the Buffalo Lightning, and I had, re- uh, I had, you know, somebody had reached out to me and told me, hey, you need to go to this tryout. And I was yeah. like, all right. So that was my first real introduction to arena football, um, and some shady things was going on there so I didn't end up signing there thank God but we go back to the Allentown tryout and um, you know defense at that time like I said I was a little bit more lighter had a little bit more bend in my knees so Mm. uh, I ended up yeah I tried out as a defensive lineman and they signed me as a defensive lineman Mm. Um, if you know arena football it's fast (laughs) and you know when you're 300 plus pounds you know (laughs) if you're not fast you know you gotta find something that works for you and so they switched me over to center and you know my career my eight eight year career was uh, playing offensive line was that center? yeah I thought you would be a guard nah nah center yeah really? yeah So you got to like really – it was your job to make sure the quarterback didn't get killed back then. Yeah, I mean, I, I was blessed enough to play behind, you know, one Hall of Famer in the Arena Football League, Tommy Grady. You yeah. know, um, you know, we gave up two sacks in 2021. Um, As a know, whole offensive line? Yeah, we gave up two sacks that year. Um, able to play, you know, in front of Warren Smith Jr., you know, another great quarterback, you know, gave up about five sacks that year. So, you know, I've been around some good offensive lines in the arena game. You know, uh, my 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 biggest goal when I made the switch, 
Um, and it kind of alludes to uh, my approach here is mm-hmm. to make sure I'm prepared every single day. Like I said, um, you know, as an undersized offensive lineman, you know, my job was to make sure in the weight room and in the film room I outwork everybody. Yeah. Um, so that way when games come, there's no there's no doubt that 66 is doing his job. Yeah. And so being the center and, you know, having to learn arena football early at the age of 20, going against 28-year-olds, 30-year-olds who've been to the NFL or whatever, you know, it, 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 it's, a, it's a, just a testament to just how hard work does pay off. So when you first got signed to your first arena contract, you was 20? I was 20 years old. I was 20 years old. Um, my birthday's in March, yeah. so the season starts um, in February at that time. So training camp, excuse me, training camp was March 5th at that time. And mm-hmm. so I had to leave um, last week of February to go to training camp. So I was only 20 years old. Oof. 20 years old. And you out there with 30 years that was just in the league. Yeah. Um, yeah, that first year was nuts. <laughs> um, I was the youngest player on the team. Yeah. Uh, my nickname was Baby Boy. So, I mean, it was it was every week was – when I had finally turned 21, every single time we were going on away games, our PR lady, she would tell the restaurants that we would eat, oh, it's his birthday, can you? So that was a joke <laughs> all year long. Everywhere we went, up and down the East Coast, yeah. it was my birthday. So that was a fun experience. But, yeah, man, I, I was I was a young kid, you know, dealing with life and dealing with transition and just, you know, thinking I'm going to be living at that time in an illustrious life because I'm playing pro football, yeah. man. But... That was not the case. <laughs> that was not the case. So you get you twenty years old and you already playing professional football. Yeah. Most people twenty they in college, whatever they're trying to figure out life. Right. But you have to figure out real pro football, which is already hard enough. Yeah. And real life at the same time. How yeah. was that experience for you? Um, so my my experience was a little difficult. Yeah. Um going into my first rookie season um as a professional football player player, I ended up losing my mother mm-hmm. um to colon cancer the day I have to report to camp. And so that was very, um, very challenging, obviously. You lose your mother, you know, you lose a loved one, uh, but now you're expected to put that to the side and perform. And we had, at that time, our games were about uh, 12, 13 weeks long, regular season. And I I was on the chopping block every single week for 13 weeks. Yeah. Just because the coaches knew my situation, they knew who I was as a character and a player, but they just didn't see it because I'm 20, then 21, trying to deal with the grief, trying to deal with professional football, trying to deal with being a professional, and just trying to be a man, you know? And and for 13 weeks, every single week, you know, they were not sure of, you know, what to do with me. Um, Thankfully... I had to get my appendix removed, which was the saving grace I look at it because that the ownership and the head coach both decided to bring me back for the 2017 season. Yeah. And, you know, I just told him, you're not going to get the same version of Sean Lockett that you guys got last year. Yeah. Um, and, I, I, you know, I fulfilled that, you know, that statement and that promise to them and, you know, went on to do some good things. So, What type of work did you feel like you had to do as a, either a player or a man just to make sure you fulfilled that promise to them? I just had to really make sure that this is something I could do, yeah. you know. Um, you know, I know in this sport we always want to <clears throat> we always want to, you know, put our family first and yeah. different things. And again, we're not getting paid millions of dollars. And I mean, even at that time and you know, I, I wanna shed light on this, man. These leagues in these in the world now, like, you know, these spring leagues, these arena teams, whatever, like they they're an avenue for young guys to get looked at. Mm-hmm. You know, <clears throat> at that time I was twenty making a hundred and twenty dollars a game. Mm. You know, and that's 
that's nothing, you know yeah. what I mean? And there are guys who at that time were fathers to three, you know, and the market at that time for arena football was nothing how it is now. Yeah. And so, my, you know, just my encouragement to the young guys who are chasing this is, you know, if an opportunity calls, go get it, you know. Yeah. But back to me, the biggest thing I had to do in the next season was, one, to really prepare myself for, like, adversity, whatever is going to happen. Yeah. Um, and then, two, really just put all put it all in on training, diet, film, the weight room, and anything extra else I could do. And, you know, like I said, that 2017 season, everything just kind of clicked. Yeah. And I got the knack for it. Arena football is faster. Yeah. It's a lot more of knowing the game structure than it is just knowing how to play football. Because yeah. anybody could just play football. Yeah. You know, if you teach them and they get the hang of it, okay. But arena football is very precise. It's quick. There's angles. There's... There's different schemes as far as, you know, how to block somebody or how to run routes or whatever. So, you know, just learning the game and then taking as much advice and nuggets from the older guys. You know, I was blessed to play under guys like Ryan Cave and, mm -hmm. you know, had great relationships with like a Ray McNeil and, you know, uh, uh, Hayworth Hicks, just different guys who I've played with. Um, over my career, you know, guys that have influentially helped me as a man, but also as a football player, too. Yeah. So. When people hear arena football, they hear professional. When you hear professional, you say, okay, he got the weight room, he got the facility, he got one lunchtime like they're doing in the NFL, they got the guys flipping the burgers. Yeah. Is it really all that pretty? So I will break it down the most simplest way possible. So the AFL, the Arena Football League, was the, the mecca of yeah. indoor football. Then it was the uh, IFL, which is the Indoor Football League, and now they have the NAL and other leagues, the National Arena League and different leagues. I've been blessed to play in all three top leagues, the AFL, IFL, and the NAL. Won a championship in the NAL with the Albany Empire in 2021. Um, played in the IFL with the uh, Massachusetts Pirates and then played um, – I started my AFL career with the Albany Empire and the Philadelphia Soul. So yeah. – um, and totaling an eight-year career, I've traveled throughout all three leagues. The AFL is – it's the man's man of arena football. Yeah. When I was in Albany, you know, there was no other attraction but us. And so we kind of were like the New England Patriots. You know, yeah. people would see us with the Albany Empire gear on or we'd be out in the community and they would just take care of us. You know, I that, that is one – that community in the Lehigh Valley will always be home um, those places always will have my heart. They took care of me. They, the fan base, the, the sponsorships, you know, just the experience that I've had in those two areas were amazing. But, you know, we, uh, our normal, uh, a normal day in the arena football league would look like, you know, you get there at six, uh, meetings at eight breakfast, uh, practice, and then media day or, you know, questions with the media afterwards, probably another lift. Um, more meetings and then dinner, lunch, whatever else. And then you kind of have the rest of the day off. And I tell people, my family, friends or whoever, like that is my job yeah. when I'm not teaching or what I'm not coaching or whatever. That's my job. And so from about six to about one every single day up until game day, you know, that we're working. And then after that, you know, you kind of have the rest of the day off, see your family, your girlfriend, wife, whatever. So um, it's, it's structured that way because again, you know, they pay us to just play. Yeah. So that is just what it is. And I know it's probably like a, a weird way of saying it, but that's, that's pretty much a day in the life of a arena football player. You mentioned you played with some people that's in the NFL or were in the NFL yeah. at one point. Who were some of the like crazy athletes you played with? Uh, a few of them. Um, one of my, my one of my best 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 friends. Um, well, three people I can name in particular. One of my best friends, Craig Peterson, mm -hmm. never played college football. Was a soccer player, uh, born and raised in Albany, New York. Um, 
Craig is by far one of the best, if not the best, arena football kickers um, to ever play. He's yeah. won multiple championships. We won one together in 21. Um, just a hard worker guy. But, I mean, this guy is, you know, mid-30s. <laughs> mid-30s, and he looks like he's 27, works out every day. Yeah. You know, he's always sending me different things to work on as far as in the weight room and whatnot, diets and stuff. But that guy's a freak. Yeah. Uh, and when I say he's got a leg, his nickname is Craig the Leg for a reason. It's, Craig the Leg. Yes, it's, it's a real thing. <laughs> it is a real thing. He is exactly what the nickname is. Yeah. You know, he's broken a lot of records as kickers and – just it's it's he's he's just the real deal as far as this position group. Uh, the next guy we'll speak about is Darius Prince, mm -hmm. um, probably one of my favorite uh, teammates to ever play with. We started together in 2016 in Lehigh Valley. Yeah. Never played, never played bat, uh, football. Actually went to Penn State Beavers to play basketball. So he's coming out of uh, high school as a basketball player, played semi pro flag and whatnot. And the kid has just blown up. Uh, he's a great dad, great teammate, great captain. Um, you know, he's had tons of stints in the NFL, the the Eagles, um, XFL, AF, AAF, and all the other leagues. But that dude is he's – he's something different. Like, I've never seen teams so fully revolve their game plan around stopping one individual person. What position do you play? He plays receiver. He plays receiver, and in the, NF, and in the indoor game, you know, you have one high – motion receiver and yeah. so every single time you know we call there's a there's a certain play we would run in 21 with our quarterback and and when he would call it i'm just grinning because i already know the <laughs> result yeah. it's gonna be six for number six yeah. so darius prince um my dog he is he's uh, he's different he's yeah. just different you know he's uh, that pennsylvania blood running through him he's just different <laughs> the last gentleman i will speak about is another dude who got me my welcome to arena moment uh mm. joe sykes Joe Sykes is by far one of the most uh, dominant defensive linemen I've ever played against, played with, or ever seen. This mm. guy um, leads the the AFL at that time um, in sacks. Mm. I believe he has 69 or 70. Yeah, the dude was 6'5", dude, southern dude, strong. You know, I've never seen him bend a corner I've never seen anyone bend a corner the way he does. I mean, again, there's three offensive linemen, three D linemen, a linebacker, and a fullback. So there's, you know, it's it's just a lot of wham, bam, quickly. And yeah. the things that I've seen him do, whether I'm on the opposing side or on his team, it's it's kind of speechless. He uh, he hit me with a move. He beat. It was one-on-ones. He beat me but let me beat him. But I still – it just looked bad on film. And I'm just like – how is that possible? Yeah, and I've never seen a D lineman. He come to practice with the with the the spider pads and the, you know, <laughs> barely have you know equipment on, yeah. and, and he's just going, just going, and then racks fifteen sacks for the year, and I'm just like, how? Yeah. But he just takes care of his body, and that's one thing I learned too from those guys who've been to the higher leagues and just been around taking care of your body and and and, and investing in your body as yeah. much as possible and. You know, like I said, I took tons of nuggets and, and just life lessons from, you know, those gentlemen that I've spoken to or spoken about and uh, others, too. But, yeah, those three just are mind-blowing at what they do. When do you think, like, it really clicked for you? Like, okay, I'm, I'm kind of starting to understand this professional football thing, and I'm starting to, like, you never really – stop learning as a man but like I, i'm I'm kind of understanding how to be a man as well too so in 2018 um 
I got the call to go to the AFL. Mm-hmm. Um, I signed my first contract with them, and I was elated because that's the most money I've ever seen as a at that time, twenty two year old that I'm going to be making every week. Yeah. You know, so I knew, okay, this is opportunity. I can't mess this up. I get there, and about week five, I get cut. Mm. Um, life was moving fast, and I was moving faster than life. Mm. Um, so I had to learn, you know, okay, the, the, you know, this is a job, man. Like this mm. is a job, you know. And um, like I said, I had some really good people in my corner at that time. Um, unfortunately, I had to, you know, have season-ending surgery after I got traded, uh, or excuse me, after I got cut, I got picked up by another team. Ended up having to get a season-ending surgery. So life had taken another pit stop. Um, and so that at that off season, I really just took the time to, um, you know, focus on me, focus on my mental health, focus on things. If I want to keep playing, what does that look like? Um, ended up, um, you know, uh, receiving Christ in my life that year. So just a lot of 20, 2018. I know, you know, a lot of uh, people think 2016, the summer of 2016 was, <laughs> you know, a great summer. But yeah. 2018 for me was a great summer. You know, I yeah. you know, met my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And then it just it just kind of all translated. And then with, to, to jump back on the football thing, man, I just said, man, like, you know, there were, there's a lot of opportunities to keep going. You know, yeah. you're, you're still young. You can, you can do this. And, you know, at that time, you know, um, you know, I know I was getting some interest at, you know, the Canadian, the Canadian uh, Football League at that mm-hmm. time. So there was just a lot of more opportunities for me to showcase my talent. And mm-hmm. so, you know, I just told myself, man, listen, you, you got to figure this out. Next opportunity you get, you know, you make the best of it. And, you know, obviously trained really hard and, you know, came back and, you know, played and then COVID hit. And yeah. then, you know, I wasn't sure what was going to happen with, with the world. Yeah. Um, but thankfully, got a call in 21. And, you know, after that, just things started building. Won a championship, offensive lineman of the year, you know, first team, offensive um, offensive team. So just things just kept going. But yeah. like I said, that, that, that transition in 2018 definitely helped me as a player and as a man. So what made you want to accept Christ in your life? Uh, growing up. <laughs> Um, in a in a household where you know uh, Christ was at the head mm-hmm. of our household, um, and you know seeing how my mother walked out her life as a believer in Christ, um, it didn't hit me until I was a young man. Um, it didn't hit me till I had to you know see her be you know lowered into the ground that mm-hmm. you know life does end. You know mm-hmm. no matter if it ends when you're fifty or. A hundred, you know, life does end, and so what? What? What are you gonna do while you're on this earth? Um, I believe that God put me on this earth not just for football, not just to coach, not just to you know make people laugh, but to really display the love that He displayed for me, mm-hmm. you know. And so, 2018, thank God, my aunt being in the right place, right time, you know, had a really real life conversation with me, and you know, I, I told myself, you know, I'm tired of doing things my way, and I'm tired of living this fast life that's you know repetitive and that, that's that's not bringing any type of glory to anything that I'm putting my hand to. So I made that, you know, that, that life changing decision. I've been walking with the Lord now for, you know, five, six years. And, you know, I, I can't think of a better opportunity and a better um, choice that I've ever made in my entire life. Most people think, you know, when you get crazy life, I, Hey, now it's time. You, 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 you did all you need to do. Now yeah. life's going to be pieces of cream. Yeah. And I don't know if you was expecting that too, but when that happened, like, did you see any change, or was it like I? I don't see no change yet. I mean, you know, it's like anything, man. Nothing's gonna happen overnight. Yeah. You know, 
there's there's many songs and there's many quotes and there's many sermons, but if you still have breath in your lungs, God's not done working on you. Yeah. And, you know, it's our job to approach that every single day, but we also have to approach it with uh, grace for ourselves. You know, we're human beings. We're going to mess up. We're going to fail. We're going to fall short of the glory of God. We're also going to fall short of human beings because yeah. that's in our nature. I think the biggest thing for me at, at first was just knowing who is this person we call Jesus. Who is yeah. this person? And, you know, growing up, if you grow up in a, a religious home or in a, in, a, in a strict home where religion runs the home, you know, we, we, we bypass the relationship. And that's what God wants from us. He wants relationship. Religion deters us from that relationship because it, religion has to be perfect. Yeah. You have to do this. You have to do that to please him. He just wants relationship. Yeah. But he also wants obedience and relationship together. And so I think for me now being more mature in my walk with Christ, knowing how important those two things go hand in hand, you know, I think, you know, for anybody out there that is, you know, on the fence about, you know, Christianity or, or, or Christ, I think, you know, once you give him a try and you f go full fledged with your relationship and being obedient to him, you know, good things will come from that. Yeah. And, and that's where I'm at now, man. And that's what I want to do and display to other to other people that no matter if I'm playing football, coaching, teaching, whatever in the community or whatever, that's that's my main goal, man. It's not to. You know, it's not to boast and brag, man, because I, you know, I can't, I can't do anything without him. Yeah. And, you know, I wouldn't be here and even here with you, I wouldn't be able to do that without him. So, yeah, yeah man. You had the injuries, you had getting cut, everything. What made you not say, all right, I might as well just go work a regular job now? Does it, like, what made you keep going? What made you not quit? I had a promise to my mother that I would see this thing through. Yeah. And I knew that God was not done with me. Yeah. Um, I knew he had bigger plans for me. Um, he also just put in a desire just to be great at what I was doing. Again, I had a chip on my shoulder since I was 15. Yeah. You know, I was undersized. Um, you know, uh, just a lot of just a lot of uh, naysayers at that time was my motivation. But then I, again, accepting Christ, knew that that my motivation had to change, yeah. and so I had to prove myself. I had to prove myself wrong yeah. in the sense of like, nah, like you're not tired. Yeah. You know, this injury, you still have two legs. You yeah. still have the ability to run. You still have the ability to work out. You still have the ability to train. Teams are still calling you like there's still something left. And so for me, it just, it kind of reminds me of every, like that's why Rocky is my favorite movie because he there's a lot of adversity and he just, you know, some, there's a turning point in the movie, whether he looks in the mirror or he's, you know, running that snowy mountain in Germany or, you know, he's, you know, getting ready for his second bout with, you know, Clubber Lang. There's yeah. something that there's an awakening, you know. And so for me, after that injury, uh, that awakening happened, you know, and I told myself, like, hey, we're going to see this thing to the end, man. Yeah. And so, you know, I worked really hard. I had, a, you know, unfortunately I had to sacrifice a lot of relationships and yeah. friends and, and fun and I, and I had a desire, you know, and, and, and it paid off. You know, I was, you know, like I said, wasn't blessed to make an NFL roster, but, yeah. you know, was at least able to, you know, be scouted by some of those teams, yeah. and, you know, tried out, worked out for the XFL and, you know, had great conversations and, you know, a great experience with those, you know, leagues and those representatives. But like I said, just. I, I had something to prove to myself. That chip on that shoulder is still there. You know, it, it's there to be great every single day, whatever I put my hands to. But you know, that, that that there's a there's a difference when you really love this game. You know, you're gonna do everything you can to play till the wheels fall off. So now you mentioned you want to ring. At first, I, I never want to ring. I, I never won. You know, I, they wanted to wait till the year after I graduated high school. Selfish. 
whatever. <laughs> but I didn't have one. So yeah. uh, how, how many total you got between high school, coaching? At the, I mean, so high school, I have one playing ring. I have one you know ring as a player. Um, as a coach in high school, uh, I have three. Um, college, I have one. And then the pros, I have one. <laughs> Yeah, my my favorite one. Um, so you is, got six rings. Yeah, I got six. Yeah. You want some jewelry? Yeah, I got six. Yeah. You want some MJ stuff? <laughs> I got one flag football ring. I don't know if that counts, but but yeah. you actually got a ring? Yeah, they mm-hmm. give out rings. Shout, <laughs> I, I, out, shout out, shout out to main event. It would count for me, but they ain't giving me. They give me a little trophy. I ain't gonna nah, ring. Yeah, main event. Yeah, they they take care of us. Yeah, shout out to my guy Elliot. Main event. <laughs> got six rings. Yeah. Yeah, my favorite one is the one in Albany for sure. Yeah, wow, yeah. wow, that one. It just is the year after COVID, man, and yeah. so much adversity, and you know, like I said, just you know, tons of stuff that we had to go through and endure. But it was just crazy, man. The roster was built overnight. Um, I got traded actually um, in in the off season. I got traded to Albany, mm-hmm. um, and it was it was like it was just a it was a crazy storyline that no yeah. one else could have you know interpreted or you know made up, but. That year was amazing, man, and you know that was my first pro ring. You know, a lot of admiration, a lot of a lot more, um, you know, uh, recognition came from that ring. And you know, like I said, I just you know displayed my talents to the best of my ability. You know, was recognized as the best offensive lineman that year. You know, so um, you know it was that that's, that that one will sit near and dear to my heart. You know, I'm hoping you know if if I ever decide again to play again that I can reach that pinnacle again and that that. Um, you know that mountain of you know victorious uh, success, but yeah. you know we'll see. So when you had to bring with the, when you're done, like you 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 just said you got a chance to go back. But when you, when you when you finish, you finish the eight years careers you did. Like, what do you think is next for you? Like, where's your mind at when you're done? Well, I, I, I currently am still retired now, so yeah. we'll uh, we don't know what 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 the future holds. But <laughs> yeah. when I, when when I am when I fully walk away from playing football, I, I just you know my biggest thing is to just um, pour back into the youth. Yeah. Um, that's been my biggest thing now is pouring back into my community. You know, I'm a part of a uh, an, an amazing foundation nonprofit. Follow my steps. Um, in the community, check us out. Followmysteps.org. It's made for Massachusetts. Uh, that's my biggest thing now is getting back to the youth. You know, I have a younger cousin now who's attending the University of Syracuse, yeah. defensive lineman, and just our connection and our bond that we had since he was a kid, and you know, him seeing my life and how it went, and now him being able to surpass that. Yeah. Um, it, it just drives me to do the same for all the youth in my area. You know. People don't know, but Springfield is, uh, you know, it's a it's a it's a city that a lot of talent is here. Yeah. You know, a lot of talent is here. It doesn't have to be athletics. There's tons of you know youth in our area that are underlooked or underappreciated just because of the bad reps that our city gets. And it's a rough city. Yeah. You know, a lot of a, a, like a lot of other cities that a lot of the kids who are here at this you know college are from. Yeah. But this one in particular has a lot of you know it has a lot of potential to put hands to different things and be successful and so that's my biggest thing now whether i be a coach or an educator in the area um really want to just get back to the youth um and to show them like i literally walk these same streets as you maybe not all of them but most of them and you know i have the same area code as you and i was able to achieve 
enough in the first half of my life. And so can you. And so that's just where I'm at at this point is to pour into the youth, display all types of characteristics that they would want um, and should need from Mm -hmm. a role model in their area. And then anything I can do to, you know, continue to have guys circulate, whether it be football, basketball, baseball, Broadway, Hollywood, whatever it is, you know, however I can, you know, help out, you know, I'm I'm definitely, you know, trying to do that for sure. What made you know or what made you walk away from the game? Like, you you got got two more to ten. Well, (laughs) being 28, you know, um, and I tell people this all the time, I started playing pro ball at 20, you know. Um, So I, 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 my development, and football accelerated quicker than most because yeah. I had to learn. I had to be perfect yeah. because I'm getting a check at the end of the day. It's yeah. not like you can get, you know, sat here at a college and work your way up. Like, you get cut, you get cut. Now you, <laughs> you're out of a job. Yeah. My last year, um, I played in Massachusetts for the Massachusetts Pirates. And um, that was the year that I, you know, I, I was going in. A lot of a lot of the press knew I was going to be retiring after that season, and so my goal was to win a championship. They were already a previous champion in twenty one as well, so I, you know, figured it would be easy and it would be great to play in my backyard, yeah. uh, so my family and friends could see my last ride. And yeah. so, um, you know, I ended up playing that year. Older now, a lot of guys are younger, so they can, you know, move and maneuver in and out of the line faster and. Yeah. Just a lot of things, you know. I I I I miss training camps. Thankfully, have that that luxury of being a veteran, can, <laughs> you know, yeah. miss out on training camp. But um, something that year just was like, you know what, this perfection thing is just kind of kicking my butt. I don't know yeah. if I can really, you know, I don't know if I can keep it up. Um, it was actually the night of the another league's championship that yeah. I went. I attended. It was actually the Albany Empire in twenty twenty two. I attended their championship, and um, I kind of just was watching and sitting back. And um, my buddy that went with me kind of was like, yo, you good? And I was like, I don't think I'm done yet. I don't think I'm done yet. Mm. So at that point, um, I had called my agent, and I told him, I'm like, hey, we're back. <laughs> and he said, what? <laughs> and I said, yeah, man, let's let's – Let's get ready to do something. Yeah. So, like I said, man, you know, my, my, my goal now is to, you know, like I said, finish the season here with the AIC Yellow Jackets and, yeah. you know, uh, my management team, you know, my agent and stuff. He's been working on some things. So, yeah. you know, if I make a return to the field, it'd be great. If not, it'd be great. But like I said, you know, I I believe there's still a little bit left in the tank. Yeah. Um, you know, I won't give any spoilers away or anything right now. Yeah. But, you know, there could be a potential return soon. So I'll tell you what. If any NFL team call, let's say a couple call, one of them is the Saints. <laughs> we could use help. Listen, a lot of it. Like I tell people, if 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 anybody calls, you know, like I said, there's there's never there's never a situation that won't work if the NFL calls you. Yeah. Um, I think the biggest thing is, and you know, I hope a young guy whoever is listening to this understands, like. Um, the 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 chances to getting that opportunity are slim to none. It's what are you gonna do with the opportunity? Yeah. And you know, like I said, you know that's been my thing. Even like when the XFL was calling me, you know, it was tons of buzz around here. Um, you know, when my name was considered to be entered into the draft, you know, yeah. for the XFL, 
unfortunately didn't get drafted. Mm-hmm. Did work out for a few of the teams, but like I said, man, just it's it's a business, mm-hmm. you know, and it's nothing personal. Never take it personal, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I, I've been in a lot of decision making uh, meetings with ownership and head coaches on the cer- certain teams I played on, and mm-hmm. you know, it's just really a business, man. Mm-hmm. And, it's a sucky situation, you know. I know I've been on the chopping block before. I've been traded, you know. I, I've been brought in to relieve people, you mm-hmm. know. So I know the I know the scheme of things. It's, mm-hmm. You know, anybody that's here out here that's chasing that dream, man. It, it is a, it is a business, but you have to seize the day with your opportunity that you're given. So now, when people retire from professional sports in particular, they say, "I don't miss it," but the only thing I miss is the, the locker room vibes. <laughs> You know, and and the away games and stuff like that. You know, the road trips. Yeah, is that in fact true? Oh, that's true. That's true. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, last season was brutal, man. I I didn't play last season, so just watching some of the things that I saw and you know remembering um, some of the moments I've had and, yeah. and seeing some of the competition. It, 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 like I said, that competitor started to kind of eat, you know, eat at the TV and yeah. stuff. So. Um, yeah, I definitely miss the away games, and I definitely miss the the locker room. I mean, that's that's the beautiful thing about football, man. That's why I say it's it's got to be the best sport in America or in the world because it, it's 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 a it's a group of guys who got one goal, whether they are the best or the worst. Like it's you get to make whatever it is, and I've I've been blessed since high school, since youth to pro, to have tons of friends and family, considerable family. That have come into my life because of it, man. Like I said, that locker room—it's—it's—it's—it's it's, it's, it's like nothing ever else, man. If you can, because I don't want to incriminate anybody here. <laughs> so if you can, any story that comes to mind that you can talk about that just like is, is hilarious. I mean, I, I will say, um, what 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 stage are we referring to? Anyone you can talk about. I mean, I could give a few pro stories. I mean, okay. basically, you know. Obviously, we come in, and um, Albany um, was an interesting team for sure. Um, (laughs) That was our facility. So our home facility was everything. So it was our practice facility, our game facility, our locker rooms, the whole nine yards. And so obviously, you know, we – you know, we'll come in in the morning times, and we'll have certain debates and whatnot. So – uh, you know, a certain debate came up one day, and uh, it was uh, <laughs> regarding you know the, the 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 makeup of white men versus black men. And yeah. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> and so, uh, <laughs> one of the uh, one of the one of the um, play, one of my teammates, you know, came in and uh, decided to uh, display, <laughs> and uh, you know, the rest is history. And so. That's one memory that just will never leave my brain. It just, you know, that that individual <laughs> never failed to shock me with his antics and his stories and his behavior. Um, I think the coolest, though, locker room story I have is in uh, 2019, no, excuse me, 2018, I actually uh, was able to meet Antonio Brown. Mm. Um, his father, uh, touchdown Eddie Brown, um, legendary Arena football yeah, receiver. Yeah, I didn't even know his father played football. Yeah, um, played up in Albany for the Albany Firebirds back in the day. Mm. Uh, won a championship with them. He was getting inducted our first opening night, and so I came out the bathroom, you know, getting ready and whatnot. And Antonio's actually sitting in my locker, um, uh, and you know, we had a really quick, brief interaction. Really great guy, really cool dude. Um, 
And, you know, he kind of hung out with us that evening and whatnot. But that was just a surreal moment. I think, too, you know, learning about arena football and learning about all this. Now, at that time, they were on ESPN when mm -hmm. I first started playing. So, yeah. like, you know, anybody on ESPN yeah. every weekend and they got video games and stuff like that. Yeah. You start to look at your locker room that you're in. You're like, wait a minute, like, dang, like you actually, I'm actually playing with like <laughs> yeah. Tommy Grady and Joe Hills and yeah. all these other names and stuff that you learn about over the times. And so, it was for me like I was kind of like starstruck, and then yeah. I had to snap out of it. Like, bro, like you know, they they still human beings <laughs> yeah. and stuff. So, but yeah, man, like I said, like you know that locker room. Uh, yeah, it was wild. <laughs> it was wild. When you see Antonio Brown in your locker, it's AB. It was. But it's still my locker. Yeah. Hey, brother, you good? <laughs> well, this was AB before AB now. Um, yeah, AB <laughs> was chilling. AB now. He had his little trainer with him and stuff. He was still, you know, with the uh, six-time Super Bowl winning champions, Pittsburgh Steelers and whatnot. So, you know, now he's, you know, going through some things. But we, we're praying for him. So, <laughs> so, praying you, for him. so you ain't getting no autograph or nothing? I don't want to be a fanboy. Fan. I, I, as a matter of fact, I had wore his jersey the day before out at the store. Oh, man. Man. And I was hoping to run into him at the facilities, but he didn't get in until late that night after we had left. So I was like, dang, but I didn't want to be a fanboy. So better than me, I'd have lost it. Yeah. Better than Alvin Kamara. Okay. I didn't want to be no fanboy or nothing like that. But yeah, yeah, it was it was a surreal moment. But um, yeah, it was it is what it is. So was they still making a uh, video game when you was playing? So nah, they actually were not. Um the video game um, and the ESPN partnerships both were discontinued after some, you know, l legal things were going yeah. on with the league. So um, I know the AFL is back. So I know, you know, hopefully in the near future, if things can keep rolling, that that would be um, something that the league does look for. I don't know. It would be great to, you know, if I'm still playing by then or if whatever, you know, to at least have something for, you know, the, my, my kids growing yeah. up or something like that. But, you know. You in a video game would have been tough. It would. I mean, I, I did. I do have three touchdowns um, <laughs> under my belt, and I do have one selective uh, touchdown dance. So if they did put it in the game, it would have been. Dance. You know, it would have been. What's your touchdown dance? It was a little bit of a twerk. You know, back then, the kids call it zesty nowadays. But you know, it was my first touchdown, so I, you know, you started to twerk it. I, a little twerk, just a little twerk. Not no spicy red or no Nikki twerk, but it was a little spicy twerk. red. Who's the spicy red? Whatever that girl's sexy. name is. Yeah, sexy red, spicy red, whatever that stuff. <laughs> whatever it is. Spicy red. Yeah, her, yeah. <laughs> whatever it is. So you, you you scored a touchdown. You just that's the first thing you think about. First twerking. thing, man. I was a wild boy in my early my in the beginning, my rookie year, a few years, I was yeah, I was I was I was showing out as my as my people would say, I was showing out. <laughs> Did you get a receiving touchdown? I was a fullback. Oh. So, you know, I just kind of hit a shoot route, and my boy Warren Smith kind of, you know, sidearmed it, and the rest is history. You got man. hands like that? Three touchdowns. <laughs> just saying. Just saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> Spicy red is absurd. I'm, I, listen, the girl, never mind. We <laughs> we'll digress. <laughs> you listen to that all? Listen, I, I don't I don't really get into this new rap. It's 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 aggressive, you know. It's aggressive. I got to wear a condom to watch, to listen to it. So, I, I just I don't know, man. I don't know, but uh, no. yeah, I mean, couple of, couple of your players, they, 
They, they a be lot on. of this roster listens to this stuff. I've never been ready for a game listening to no Spicy Red or no, you Yo, know, you twerking on headlights. Spicy Red, Sexy Red. Sexy bro. Red, yeah, that young lady. She's doing her thing, but I just, yeah, I just never been ready for a game or anything violent to listen to nothing like that. So, so what do you listen to before games? Um, I'm, I'm a, so I'm a 90s baby, so DMX. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, you know. now hold on. Let's, let's take a pause. Go ahead. You just said our rap is aggressive. Yeah. But you listen to DMX. I'm, I'm saying aggressive. What rap is more aggressive than DMX? I'm saying aggressive as in the sense of like, I don't know I don't know what's going on. All I'm hearing is lick me, do me, and all the rest. DMX makes you get ready for war. That's what I'm saying. That that aggression part I'm referring to. A sexual aggression. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to hear that before a game or the weight room. That, that just won't get it done for me. It won't get it done. <laughs> Um, I mean, you know, DMX or, you know, or, and a little bit of classic rock. Um, classic rock, really? Yeah, some ACDC or some Led Zeppelin and stuff. Um, some uh, ASAP Ferg, um, some pun. I uh, got my few motivational speeches and different things, but I keep it basic. You know, yeah. I've had the same, I've literally had the same playlist my entire pro career. Uh, my, my my night before routine and my day of routine are all it's been the same every every home game away game like what is it the night before um so I want to sound bougie but the night before <laughs> I would have the interns you know find me a pasta I would have them find me an Italian place in the area that we're playing whether it's an away well if it's an away game I have them find me that um if it's a home game I have my spot that, that you know they will hook me up with whatever I need, but uh, I have the interns, you know, give me some water and some Gatorades and stuff. Um, the night before, I would watch uh, the program every single night for eight years, just home game or away game. I watch the program. That's a movie. It's a pro- yeah, it's a, it's a it's a it's a movie about college football. I actually learned about that movie here. We were we, we did it here. Yeah. We would watch it here, so I kind of carried it out. You watch it the night before every game. Every for game for eight, eight, eight years. Eight years, bro. You ain't get tired of it that once. Nah, it's just that that was just the routine. I gotta that watch it now. I gotta see what how it, you can watch it every week for eight yeah, years. Yeah, eight years. Yeah, man. Um, I get to bed, wake up, um, light breakfast, um, get some treatment. Then I would head to the field. You know, I would see. You know, uh, I would check on the balls and make sure everything was good, and yeah. then. Um, I would check on the turf. Different uh, arenas have different type of turf in the yeah. sense of like some aren't really ironed out. So I would go to different hash marks. I would go to my favorite hashes, especially if I'm watching film and I know like what plays we want to run there. Um, and then I would check the end zones. There are square end zones and then there are oval end zones. So I know, um, you know, going into the game, you know, what run plays will be running or what, you know, pass plays that we'll be doing. So, um, you know, I'll just check out the scenery. Yeah. Give me a little bite to eat, and then you know, go handle some business in the restroom. You know, <laughs> take my time with that. Take my time with yeah, that. go get my, my my taped up, and you know, off to the races. So that was that was it. And so I had some interns, my uh, uh my my year in Albany, and then my last year, mm-hmm. they, they was just like, "Dang, you don't get tired of this." <laughs> I said, nah, it's this is what it is, man. You know, it's it, I, I, I was I think I think I was one of the oldest ones in the on the team at that time too. So I was like, man, this is just an old man in me. That's just what it is. What it is so, yeah, bro, but in, like when it comes to football, like twenty eight is your like your prime years. That's not old, right? Ooh. I mean, listen, I've seen enough snaps in my eight years to say I'm old, man. Like <laughs> when I was able to skip training camp my last year, I was like, I've made it. 
you know, we have a thing in the arena game called Vet Days where we mm. come in and, you know, we'll have our helmet on and a jersey, but we got that rookie. Hey, come on now. Get up in there, you know? <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I do enjoy those Vet Days for sure. Like I said, if I do return, more Vet Days will be insinuated. <laughs> Implemented. That got to be in your contract. You yeah, I mean, like, like, yeah, it has to be, man. I mean, <laughs> I don't got to take all fifty snaps in yeah. practice, you know. And like I said, that game is fast, so yeah. you know, being able to get at least you know twenty five or something, you know, <laughs> get that that young boy in there. But <laughs> get that yeah. young boy in there. Yeah, you, you you had a specific posse you'll get it. You just I up. mean, so like I said, man, you know, I'm not. A, I don't like to be a big eater the night before or the day of. So. Yeah. You know, some spaghetti or some ch- type of chicken parm or something like that. Something light, some protein. Um, I like red sauce, yeah. so, you know, I'll do that. Uh, I took one leap of faith and got some Jamaican food when I was in Albany. I'll never do that again. What happened? It was, it was, just, it was a bit much the <laughs> night before. I wasn't watching no program. I was on the toilet, and <laughs> I hit my Bible app, and I was just trying <laughs> to make it through to, 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 to the next day. So it was, it was a bit much. It was a bit much. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> so, so you 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 finish your eight years. When do you start coaching at Springfield Central? So, um, 2019, um, the year I got cut and mm-hmm. I was coming back from injury, my head coach at the time was who was still the head coach there. He yeah. called me and said, "Hey, um, you know, are you what are you doing this fall?" And I was like, "I'm going to be home." He was like, well, "Do you want to come coach?" I was like, "Yeah, sure." Um, there was no like. It was not. It was no brainer. It was no brainer for me. Um, it was. I was an honor to be considered to come back and, you know, coach my alma mater and again having some success there and, you know, the the legacy that I had built um, for myself. Um, it was a no brainer, and so I was able to coach my younger cousin at the time, um, at the D line position. Then my second year. Um, they moved me to offensive line, which I would say now is generally just my more comf- comfort level there, just playing it for so long at mm. a high level and studying it and just all the things I, you know, really sold out to the offensive line. So um, from the last three years there, you know, um, was the head offensive line coach there alongside with Coach Tardiff, my guy. Um, he got the guys now, but – you know, had some good success. You know, we we won three state championships. Good success, you won three championships. Yeah. Won three state championships. Um, you know, was able to produce. You know, a few D one athletes. Yeah. One that's at Syracuse, Jaden Bass. Yeah. One that's at Columbia, Omari Williams. Uh, excuse me, Omari Owens. Excuse yeah. me. Um, and then you know, like I said, just sent some other kids to other good programs, Springfield College, Travis Gauze, and yeah. you know, different things like that. So. Um, I got the call to do FCA here, yeah. and um, Coach Conti brought me in, and we were just talking about some things, and I know what his vision was in rebuilding and uh, me being an alumni here and, you know, having some success here. You know, it was a no-brainer when he asked, you know, if I wanted to come coach. So, you know, college coaching also was something something that I considered as my future, you know, and this has definitely been an eye-opening year um, in a good way, just, you know, getting my feet wet and just, you know, experiencing a lot as a college coach and, you know, just enjoying the ride, no matter, you know, what the wins or losses is. You know, like I said, man, I've been, you know, blessed to be around a great coaching staff and great players, you know, back home, so to speak, back yeah. here at AIC. So, you know, I, I took the things and, the, and I took a lot of the, you know, morals and life lessons I've learned as a coach, as a high school coach yeah. in Central. And, you know, I've been implementing them here, but now more so on the level that, you know, the, the demand is now to win. So... Some of the like well, the biggest thing you think you learned this year is just being a college coach. 
Uh, intentionality. Yeah. You know, being intentional about things, being intentional about you know drills, being intentional <laughs> about communication, um, and honestly, just just being yourself. I think high school, everyone's trying to get recruited and everyone's trying to make a name for themselves. And yeah. I got these many stars. And I think here, you know, and not not just because it's here, but I think just in college for myself, it's just been intentional. You know, yeah. coming to work with intentional, intentional motives and being intentional in meetings and you know, in practice, making sure because again, like I say, I coached the way I played, so I'm yeah. I'm in, I was intentional as a player. You know, I would watch, you know, this many hours of film, take my notes on my opponent, right, yeah. and then I would come like you know, take a break and come back and maybe watch something I missed. I'm intentional in the weight room, you yeah. know, what I'm saying, making sure I'm hitting everything, conditioning, and then I'm intentional in practice. You yeah. know, uh, my biggest thing, and like I said earlier, when I learned from Danny Omareggi was I'm practicing like it's a game. You know, even in my off season, you know, um, I equate to, you know, things slowing down to slow motion when I'm in the game because I'm preparing with intention with with within the intentions to get better in practice. And so that's what I try to implement with my guys here at the D line position. You know, we have to move with intentionality. You know, we have to move with purpose. So that way when the games come, that's the fun time. You know, you can have fun with we get sacks and make big plays yeah. or when a defense is, you know, being uh, congratulated for our success. Yeah. So I think, you know, it, it's 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 been fun. You know, I got a wild group here, so uh <laughs> For sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Co- coach, I'm not gonna lie, you're one of the most animated coaches I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> you gotta be. You gotta be animated, man. Like this you game is so sometimes. This game is so precise that if you can't step out of the box and be animated or be fun or just kind of be different, like you, you kind of just get blamed. I'm talking about if you looking for a guy, you just yeah. Yo, what is he doing? He yeah. looking for? We got a lot of personalities, especially on on, on the defense side of the ball. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, my guys, some of them can hide well. Not yeah. all of them, but some of them can hide well. <laughs> Not and, all of them. Yeah, it's 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 yeah. Man, you got you got to be animated, man. You got to be. You, I'm talking like I, the, a couple of them did. Uh, the video ain't come out yet, but they did the <laughs> impersonation of a coach. You go, it's like three or four up there wow. from you of you wow. alone. Wow. I think Woman got the most. Got it. That's now, a matter of fact. It's a tie between. You. It's crazy how it's all defense, but it's a tie between you, Woman, and Clay. Wow, that's we're three animated people. So now, Woman is crazy. Yeah. but you, you, I'm talking about you. God damn, you, yeah. you gotta get in the game. You be yeah. losing it, and I, I think. I ain't going to rat. you going to see the video anyway, but I ain't going to rat. So one of the guys did it. It was about you. It was about you. Was about Excellent. You. I mean, listen, I, I, I will take it. Um, like I said, man, I, I, I've I've had tons of coaches that have coached me that have been animated. And I think me as a player, yeah. you know, I, I'm animated in the sense of just like talking about nothing, you know, in between plays or whatever. Um you know, there was one game I couldn't even be mic'd up anymore because <laughs> I was having conversations like this during the game. And they were just like, this is boring. I'm like, well, I mean, what you want me to talk about, you know? So you got to be animated, though. I mean, and if y'all know the group that I got, you know, animation Man. is key. So, Man. Yeah. You got an interesting group. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. What made you talk about the FCA? What made you want to get into that? Um, well, it's simple. Um we have talents that we we can't purchase at Walmart. Yeah. We don't make our talents. Yeah. God gave us uh, God given ability and talents to play our sport. Yeah. Um, I know how difficult it is to be an athlete without Christ, yeah. and I know also how it is to be an athlete with Christ. Yeah. And so I think that was a perfect opportunity, and I think it was a great segue for God to kind of implement me in. Um, I know what God has done 
through me and for me with athletics, but I also see what he's also doing in me and through me with just his divine power. And yeah. so, you know, it was a perfect opportunity to join the FCA Fellowship Fellowship of Christian Athletes. Uh, Mr. Dan Barnes, who is our state representative, and um, Jake Whitaker, who is the FCA leader at UMass. They both, you know, kind of took me under their wings. Um, I'm so thankful for both of those men for mm. um, just, you know, being brothers in the faith and, and just, you know, helping me to get to where I'm at now. Um, and then honestly, just showing me what athletics and faith look like combined. It's been awesome just seeing the different faces and the, the same faces, yourself included, coming. Mm. And, you know, honestly, it, it's it's not something I take lightly just because I know what it feels like to be in your guys' shoes. You know what I mean? Um, athletics is it's challenging, especially as a college athlete. It's challenging. And so when you can have foundation built on Christ while playing a sport, while being a student, um, I think things get a little bit easier. And so, like I said, I've been, you know, so blessed and honored to, you know, lead our FCA meetings. Um, if anybody's watching this, FCA 630, Breck 108. Um, but, yeah. Every I, Tuesday. Every Tuesday, yes. Thank you. Every Tuesday, Breck 108. Um, yeah, like I said, I've just had such a fun time of planning and prepping and, you know, really trying to make every single Tuesday something that you all can relate to and yeah. something that you guys can bring into the rest of your weeks. Um, as we know, you know, this is not a Division One um driven school as far yeah. as athletics so we have to make the best of what this place is and it, it can get tiring at times yeah. and so having that time to unplug and get refueled with the word of god and then going out back into our classrooms and our practices and our games and different things i think you know is, is definitely a big help for athletes can we see like an official preacher out of you too? um I, I believe so i believe yeah. that that is the calling that god has for my life um you know, and I, and I am I'm, I'm proud to carry that mantle. Um, I don't know what style of preacher that'll look like. I don't know if it'll be, you know, a, a team chaplain yeah. or, you know, a pastor of a mega church or a storefront. I don't know, but either way, you know, I'm uh, I'm I'm blessed to even be considered to have such a calling on my life. And you know, until they you know they put me put me in the ground, you know, I want to do everything I can to, you know. Do what he's asked me to do on his earth. So I'll tell you what, you become pastor of Megatrix. I'm there that Sunday. <laughs> that first Sunday, I'm there. No doubt about it. I'm there. I appreciate you know, that. You know, man. I'm doubt. I'm, I I'm there. You, you got the anime. You, you, I'm not gonna fall asleep. I'm, we good. <laughs> I'm sure you're gonna have them singing the songs of Zion. We only gonna have saying. three songs, and that's it. Yeah, we're not having A, B, C, and D selections. Yeah, we're not doing it. Yeah, nah. nah. I know three what I'm talking songs. about. Don't do that. Nah. Three songs. Nah, yeah. Pass the plate once, and that's it. Yeah, that's <laughs> you, it. Nah, you gotta have the, you gotta have the the, the, the plate preacher, the, the preacher plate. You gotta have the building fund. Nah, we you can't have that. all that. We can't have all that. We we. <laughs> We're not getting it. You gotta have the, you gotta have the building for. Listen, he'll he will provide. <laughs> he will provide. He will provide. Uh, I'm gonna get you out of this because I know y'all got some meeting or something to get to you. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna get you out of this one. You were athlete, you athlete, former athlete, whatever you want to call it. You were coach, leader at FCA, but like, what's 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 the end? Not the end goal because it's never really end. You always want to keep progressing, but like, all right, you know what? I've done a good amount. Like I'm, I'm cool. Whatever else life comes, you know, I do it. Whatever, but I'm cool. Like, is it, is it Hollywood? Is it, is it being on a movie, a TV show? Like, what, 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 what? Like, is it being a Division One head football coach? For yeah. What is it for you? I don't know. Um, life right now has 
thrown tons of curveballs, and you know, I've I've enjoyed every single one of them, good, bad, ugly. Um, you know, I, I I'm just at this point now, I'm yielding to whatever God wants me to do. Yeah. Um, and it could sound cliche, but I mean, at that point, it is what it is. You know, I, I've 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 traveled pretty much all of the Northeast. I just traveled out to the West Coast two years ago when I was playing. So I've been able to finally see other th- other things in Springfield, Massachusetts, yeah. or familiar states that I've been around. And so I'm at the point now, you know, I'm ready to settle down and just really just put my hands to good use wherever I'm at. You know, I'm an educator in the city of Springfield. Yeah. And, you know, would love to, you know, elevate in that profession. Um, and then obviously when it comes to football, you know, I would love to, you know, coach at a higher level, whether it be the NFL, Division One, college, um, Canadian football, whatever it may be. That yeah. that would be I think that'll kind of cement my legacy as far as football wise on this earth. Yeah. Um, my biggest thing is to make sure that whoever I come across that they get a smile and a, and a, and a, and a firm handshake. You know, yeah. I learned that from my grandfather and my father who've, you know, been the pinnacle for my family, yeah. you know, um, and I've seen the success and the, just the respect that they do get from men, but also just what, the, just what they've done for my family. And so to continue that and carry that mantle, um, you know, one day of fatherhood and husbandship and, you know, different things like that. You know, that that's my, my big my biggest goal is to just to do that. And then when it just comes to the community, man, I just like I said, I just really want to just, you know, do what God has asked me to do, man. And, you know, help change some people's lives and, you know, and, and, and try to display that love that he's displayed to me. Um, and, you know, if, if I could do that. Uh, through football, through teaching, through, you know, comedy or whatever it may be. You know, yeah. I want to do it, you know, with the intentions of something good coming out of it for that person and for that situation. Yeah. You know, like I said, man, we're in a, we're in a dying world right now. Yeah. And, you know, it, it, we need more people who, you know, have a purpose to step up to the plate and, you know, to, 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 you know, to walk their purpose out. You know, there's a lot of people on this campus and, you know, a lot of people on this team or whatever that have hidden talents or hidden purposes or whatever the case may be that are, you know, sitting dormant, you know, and, and we, the people need them, you know, yeah. people need them, you know, we need them, you know, to step up to that plate, man, and continue to strive to be great, you know, and, and, and not take life so serious. Yeah. There's so much going on that we don't, that we take for granted for sure. and there's so much that we don't really appropriate on a daily basis. And so, yeah. you know, that's, that's, that's the end goal for me is just to, you know, do what I can here. And then when, when it's time to go, just, you know, hear those beautiful words, well done, like good and faithful servant. Yeah. So, you, yeah. You mentioned father. Usually athletes want a whole football team. I know you want. I mean, I, anywhere between three to five. You know, I don't want to scare nobody that's watching this, but, you know, just, you know. Anywhere between three and five. Yeah, yeah, just, you know, something small, you know. <laughs> something I gotta, small. Yeah, yeah, something small. You know, I'm I'm the third. I'm the, the baby of three. I got uh, three older sisters, so, so you, you know. You, you come from a big family. You need to make I would say so. The, my, my family does run pretty large in the city, so, um, you know, I would love to continue that, carry that type of, um, you know, mantra or that mantle in the city, so. I mean, listen, you're a music guy. I am. Take us out on the song. It could be gospel. It could be Kirk. Um, Kirk Hezekiah Walker. It I could be Drake. Um, I mean, everybody, I can't I can't play too much because, you know, they're they, they going to turn me back. But uh, <laughs> I don't know. I, man, you, you, this is. I'm going to right, turn it back to uh, James Brown's Super Bad. James Brown? Yeah. 
James Brown, yeah. Super Bowl. You going back? Okay, yeah. hold on. Here we go. All I know is the big payback. I ain't gonna lie yeah, to you. Man. Super bad part one and two, or yeah, super bad part one, one? One and two. One and two. Yeah. Okay, here we go. Hold on. That's it. Cooking with grease now. <laughs> this the one? That's it. Watch me. Okay, this is what this car never knew. That's it. This one never knew. That's on the shaft. That's on the shaft. Is it? That's it. Oh, this one you caught walking out with the sunglasses. And you, okay. I, I can see you coming after this. That's what it's going to be tomorrow. <laughs> hey, it's a big game tomorrow. I know you heard about the answers from last year. Coach, you sure nobody get hurt? I hope I don't get hurt. Coach, I don't know if you've seen, like... I got pads on. I got helmets. Nah, that doesn't matter. I don't know if you've seen 77 is big now. I got to move. That tells I've been me working what out to like do. Like that either, so. So I can't wait for a couple weeks ago. <laughs> 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 hey, I Coach Locke, I appreciate you coming on the conversations, man. Yes, sir. Thank you. I appreciate, appreciate you coming on, man. Springfield, let's see. That handshake was very firm. There you go. Very sure you was in there the weight go. room. Eye contact, good smile, and a firm handshake. Take you a long way. Right to the weight room. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I appreciate you coming on the conversation. I don't know if you know, but. The Necessary Conversations is the number one rated podcast for people that need to watch a podcast while doing their homework. Wow. So get that homework done. That's all it is, That's too. That's teacher in me. What made you want to become a teacher? <sighs> we got to do that part two. The part two? Okay. So <laughs> we're going to do that. We're gonna, if you don't, because the D-line doing their thing. Yeah. So if you don't, yeah. we're going to bring you back. We'll do it. Over, so don't worry about it. Hey, appreciate you coming on Necessary Conversations. I'm your Salim Messiah. You got anything to say? Be blessed. We out, man.